Hey everyone, and welcome to What in the Bible? Alright, today we are going to be in Joshua 10. Now, the book of Joshua is about the exploits of the Israelites. They have crossed over the River Jordan, and they have entered into the Promised Land. However, it is not just going to be handed to them on a silver platter. They have to fight for their inheritance. Alright, that'll preach right there, but that's not the point of today's story. All right, so Joshua 10, we um, we are told that Joshua, that's a little bit of a recap, Joshua had taken the city of Ai, which you find in an earlier chapter, and completely destroyed it. And then the people of Gibeon, they come and they make peace with Israel. And so Israel and Joshua become allies with Gibeon, right? Now, it tells us, starting in verse 2, that Adonai Zedek, the king of Jerusalem, he's very concerned about this because uh, Gibeon was a very important city, and they call it it's a royal city, it's larger than I was, and all its men were good fighters. Okay, so this is like an elite city. So this Adonai Zedek king, he tells these surrounding kings, hey, we need to go and beat up. Gibeon, because Gibeon made this alliance with Joshua, and they're the, the best fighters. This is a good city. Joshua destroyed I. They're going to come for us next. So let's just take out Gibeon, because Joshua is actually not in the area. And so these five kings say, well, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, just a side note now, don't think of these kings as like the king of England. Okay, um, they don't have huge territory like that. They are rulers, they are governors in that um, aspect. But uh, kings is is kind of a loose term right there. Okay, so uh, Gibeon, the men of Gibeon, they, they reach out to Joshua. They send a message. They're like, hey, we're allies and these guys are coming to attack us. You need to come back. You, you have to help us. All right, so we pick up in verse 7. So Joshua marched out from Gilgal with his entire army, including all the best fighting men. The Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. After an all-night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. These dudes must be tired. All right. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. So Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. Israel pursued them along the road going down to Beth Horon, and cut them down all the way to Azekah and Makeda. As they fled before Israel on the road down from Beth Haran to Azekah, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them, and more of them died from the hail than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. Okay, that's my that's a baby what in the Bible moment, but we're getting to the, the main one. Okay, verse 12. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Son, stand still over Gibeon, and you, moon, over the valley of Aihalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped, till the nation avenged itself on its enemies, as is written in the book of Yashar. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being, Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Then Joshua returned with all Israel to the camp at Gilgad. 
Okay. What in the Bible, right? The sun stops. The sun just stops. And God's like hurling down hailstones on these guys. And Joshua's like, hey, God, if you could pause this day, that would be great. Now, I don't know if it was because they were tired because they marched all night, right? So, I mean, you got to think about it. These guys marched all night in order to surprise the um, Amorites that they were coming to attack, okay? So they come, they attack them, the Amorites split, and they pursue them to cut them down. And God's helping them out. He's throwing hailstones and everything. Now, here's the cool thing, though, about science. When does the sun stand still? In an eclipse, right? Uh, now, some people get a little, mm, they think a miracle doesn't, isn't a miracle if you can scientifically explain it. But how, let me put it this way. So Joshua is coming to fight these people, right? And he prays for the sun to stand still. And there just happens to be an eclipse at the exact moment that Joshua prays for one. Come on. So even if it can be explained away as an eclipse, it's still a miracle because of the timing. Now, the cool thing is they basically think they have proven that there was an eclipse at this time. Um, there, um, there's been um, scientific data from, from NASA that have done this. Now, originally, there were um, comparisons to Ugarit. Um, that would have been like Syrian area. And Chinese documentations that have mentioned that a day like disappeared right and then but scientists have kind of been like oh that's not really i don't know if we can trust them because of the wording and everything but the thing that the scientists love about the bible is that it mentions both the sun and the moon stand stood still so then that means it's a solar eclipse okay and so um Using NASA data, three scientists from Beersheba, um, Ben Guren University, they published a paper and they dated the eclipse and the battle to October 30th, 1207 BCE. Okay. Who knows? But that's pretty cool that they were able to use astronomy to, to be able to go back and, and say this, right? So, they found that there was only one total solar eclipse that occurred in their region between the years of 1500 to 1000 BCE, um, when the Israelites are believed to enter the land. So the eclipse allowed them to date the battle precisely to 4, 4.28 p.m. on October 30th, 1207 BCE. And then they were able to do the the, um, the precise location. Now, the, the Bible pretty much details it. It was like this road and they went X amount. So they traced a 30 kilometer overnight trek so that Joshua and his men made to reach Gibeon, which would have been north of Jerusalem from there in camp, um, where they were encamped in Galga on the eastern edge of Jericho. So uh, science doesn't disprove the Bible, right? You, you can have science and you can have the Bible. And that's what I love about this. Now, um, in these articles, they're like, oh, they don't explain the hailstorm. It's a solar eclipse. I'm sure that there are going to be 
um, changes in the weather and in the atmosphere, right? But the cool thing is the other, the bad guys were dying, right? Not Joshua. And so even in that, they were protected somehow, quote unquote, somehow from the hailstorm. And so I just love this because we see something that we can basically prove scientifically. We can't prove because we weren't there, but we can prove it with astronomy. And I mean, we're using NASA data to do this, that there was an eclipse at this time. And the fact that there was an eclipse at the time that Joshua called for it to stand still, there's no way he could have predicted that. So it's still a miracle in that. Anyway, so this is my what in the Bible moment. So my thinking is we all are like, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. Do we? I mean, Joshua had more, more than we did. He definitely had more. So, and it says that God, it's never been before or since, but you got to think about it. It's this, this, uh, account is written in their lifetime, right? And that's at least 500 years. So even with the continuing um, oral histories, it it would be rare for a solar eclipse to come up in the in these um, oral histories. Anyway, I think this gives us permission to pray for God to pause time for us, to extend time for us, to uh, manipulate. Does it sound like the feel like the right word? But in my head, I have this idea of moms, right? And moms just don't have enough time in their day, truly. And about how God can redeem, not just redeem time, but extend time for you and give you the grace for that, where it's just, there's enough time, there's enough peace. I feel like that's what happens, is that when God does this, did this time thing, Joshua and the Israelites weren't rushed. Okay. They, they did, they were running out of time. So, you know, that anxiety when you, when you're running out of time and God's just like, okay, it's all right. Everything's just going to stand still. You know, like in the movies where like the, the, I'm using like a lot, I apologize, where the main character, he's standing or she's standing still and everything's swirling around them, but they can see everything that's going on. And I feel as if that's what God can do for us, where we can st- we can stand still, and everybody else may be feeling the chaos, but time has paused for us, and so there's not the anxiety, because anxiety is not from God. All right, that's not quite where I thought I was going to go with that, but so try it out. Start praying for God to re- to to give you more time and see what happens. I'm going to try it. So, um, any thoughts, comments, if you want your, your what in the Bible moment, um, on, on the show, let me know. Um, you can email me at the archaeology nerd at gmail.com. Have a great day, guys.